Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Blog Talk Radio listeners. I'm your hostess, Evangelist Wanda Clay, sharing God's sacred word Bible study with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you do. And though our best isn't good enough, we come asking for forgiveness. You are like none other, higher than the highest. So I ask that you fix that that needs fixing everywhere for everybody. Because you already know our needs, fix them, Lord Jesus. And move in me, Lord, to help others understand your word on this talk show. I pray, Lord, that you continue its growth. Bless Blog Talk Radio financially and spiritually. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of what you want us to know. And I pray for those who seek your word to find you, Heavenly Father. Bless and watch over them in Jesus' name. Let them and everyone everywhere learn to depend on you. And those who have found you, strengthen us, Lord. Lead and guide us not into temptation, but help us just to walk away. Bless those, Lord, who are struggling and those not struggling, because we need a blessing from you, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, help us to love and pray for ourselves and others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before I start, let me again thank God for guiding me, everyone's understanding of his word. And as always, I thank Minister Joel Lewis in Granny's Place for giving me this opportunity. I'm here three Fridays a month, 8 to 8.30 a.m. Plus on Facebook at Peace Keep God First, you're welcome to join our group 24 hours with questions, answers, uh, comments, recipes, and much more. Due to time on Blog Talk Radio, I will give you the outlines of each chapter and then come back and comment on some verses. We are in the book of uh, Galatians, chapter 1. In this chapter, after the introduction in verses 1 through 5, the apostle harshly criticizes these churches for their lack of faith in verses 6 through 9. And then he proves his own apostleship, which his enemies brought into question, number one, his method in preaching the gospel in verse 10, and number two, from his having received it by immediate revelation in verses 11 and 12. For proof of his former conversation 
verses 13 and 14. How he was converted and called to the apostleship in verses 15 and 16. And how he behaved himself afterwards in verse 16 to the end. Now back to verses 1 through 12. In verses 1 through 12, it gives the introduction to the epistle or letter that was written and sent by the Apostle Paul. Now, Apostle simply means one who sent with a commission, who were the 12 disciples whom Jesus walked among and taught, and Paul, who Jesus taught after his resurrection. They were the ambassadors or messengers chosen and trained by Jesus Christ through his heavenly Father. Paul was called to teach the gospel to the Gentiles. And because some Galatians were out to destroy his character and authority, he assures them that his commission was of a divine nature, for he was an apostle of Jesus Christ, not of man, neither by man, and his instructions were commissioned from Jesus and God the Father who had appointed him. He didn't have a common call, ordinary minister, but an extraordinary call from heaven to his office. And Paul writes and tells them that he was surprised and sorrowful at the same time that they didn't hold on to the doctrine of Christianity, but went back to the teachings of the Old Testament, which were no more, because Jesus was the last sacrifice. And we no longer live by the law, but through the grace of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And they didn't realize really what they were doing, because, number one, they had removed themselves not only from the apostles who called them into the fellowship of the gospel, but from God himself, by whose order and direction the gospel was preached to them. Number two, they had given up the and mercy in Jesus Christ to partake in such things as justification, uh, reconciliation with God, eternal life, and happiness in the hereafter. Number three, the apostle associates the doctoring of these utilizing teachers as another gospel because it opened up a different way of justification and salvation from that revealed in the gospel by works and not by faith in Christ. And he lets them know that there is a damnation to those who overturn the covenant of grace by setting up the works of the law in the place of Christ's righteousness and corrupting Christianity with Judaism. So Paul gives them a far formal notice that reads like this. Do you have any other gospel preached to you by any other person under our name or from an angel? You must conclude that you have been deceived. And whoever preaches another gospel lays himself under a curse and is in danger of laying you under it too. 
In verses 13 through 24, Paul flips the script for a moment from the Galatians to himself, defending his position again as an apostle called into the ministry by Jesus Christ through his heavenly Father and not man. And he tells them that if they really understood the Old Testament, that they would believe in the gospel. Tell them about his applica- uh, education and how he was brought up in the Jewish religion with doctrines and customs done by their fathers and passed down from one generation to another so that he persecuted the church of God. Then Paul mentions a wonderful change in himself from a persecutor to an apostle, not led to Christianity as many others are, but by Christ's personal appearance to him. He was turned from the error of his ways and brought to the knowledge and faith of Christ and appointed to the office of apostle in verses 15 and 16. And Paul goes on to say that before he came into word, to this, this world, his life was already designated, and he preaches the gospel given him through Jesus Christ, who stopped him on the road to Damascus in verse 16. And he tells them that when he was converted, he didn't seek teachings from any other apostles, neither did he go to Jerusalem, but instead he went to Arabia, either as a place of retirement to receive other divine revelations or in order to preach the gospel there among the Gentiles. It was not until three years after his conversion that he went to see Peter for 15 days. And he didn't see any other other apostles but James, the Lord's brother. He had no communication, churches of Christ in Judea. They had not as much seen his faith, but having heard that he who prosecuted them in times past now preached the faith, which he once destroyed. And they glorified God because of him. Thanksgiving was rendered by many unto God on that behalf. The very report of this mighty change in him filled them with joy. So it excited them to give glory to God on the account of it. And the point that Paul is making here is that his teachings came from the divine teachings of our Heavenly Father and not the teachings of man. Galatians chapter 2. The apostle in this chapter continues with the story of his past life and conduct. And he talks about what happened between him and the other apostles, confirming that he was not beholden to them, neither for his knowledge of the gospel or his authority as an apostle, as his adversaries would insinuate. But on the contrary, he was owned and approved even by them as having equal commission with them to this office. He of Galatians also of another journey 
which he took to Jerusalem many years after the former one, and how he behaved himself at that time in verses 1 through 10. And Paul gives them an account of another interview he had with the Apostle Peter at Antioch and how he was obligated to behave himself toward him. And then he moves on to talk about the great doctrine of the justification by faith in Christ without the works of the law, which was the main intent of this epistle, where he talks more about it in the two following chapters. In verses 1 through 10, Paul gives an account of the details of a significant trip to the Jerusalem Council after his conversion, and he offered convincing proof that the message he proclaimed was identical to that of the 12 disciples. In verse 2, Paul refers to the divine commission of his visit in order to refute any suggestion by the Judaizers that they had sent Paul to Jerusalem to have the apostles correct his doctrine, which they claimed, and it was false. The main leaders of the Jerusalem church were Peter, James, and John. Barnabas was Paul's first apostle associate who vouched for him before the other disciples. Acts 9 and 27, and he became his traveling companion on his first missionary journey. And there was Titus, who was a spiritual child of Paul, and a co-worker who was an uncircumcised Gentile, and he was living proof of the effectiveness of Paul's ministry. From the very first preaching and planning of Christianity, there was a difference of apprehension between those Christians who had first been Jews and those who had first been Gentiles. Peter was the apostle of the Jews. Many of the Jews retained a regard to the ceremonial law and sought to keep its reputation. Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. The Gentiles had no regards to the law of Moses, but took pure Christianity as their religion, and they sought to keep it. The Judaizers were claiming Paul was spreading false teaching, and now in this chapter, Paul tells us what happened between him and the other apostles, particularly between him and Peter. So with his companions, Barnabas and Titus, he went up to them by special order and direction from heaven. And there he communicated the gospel to him, which he preached among the Gentiles. And the issue of the conversation was that the other apostles were fully convinced of his divine mission and authority and acknowledged him as a fellow apostle in verses 7 through 10. They were not only satisfied with his doctrine, but they saw a divine power in it and in working miracles for the confirmation of it. And Peter and the other apostles 
both the knowledge Paul's commission and improved his doctrine, and they parted very good friends. But no sooner than all this was said, Paul confronted Peter in Antioch and told him in front of many that he was to be blamed for eating with the Judaizers, but not eating with the converted Gentiles. In Peter's heart, he really wasn't ready to accept the Gentiles, so God had to work with Peter a little bit. Peter had supported their doctrine, and he nullified Paul's divine teaching, especially the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith alone. Peter, knowing the decision made by the Jerusalem council, had been in Antioch for a while, eating with the Gentiles when the Judaizers came pretending to be sent by James, which they lied, giving false claims that they were sent by the apostles. Peter had already given up all Old Testament ceremonies, Acts 10, 9-22, and James had held on to some of them. Acts 21 18 through 26. Peter's withdrawal was gradual and deceptive. Eating with Judaizers and declining invitations to eat with the Gentiles showed Peter was affirming restrictions that he knew God had abolished. Acts 10 and 15. And he was striking a blow to the gospel of grace. The true motivation behind Peter's deception was he was afraid of losing popularity among the Judaizers segment of people in the church. Even though they were self-righteous hypocrites promoting an unorthodox doctrine, Peter and the other Jews were not in line with God's word. In verse 15 and 16, Paul's rebuke of Peter serves as one of the most dynamic statements in the New Testament on the absolute and underwaving necessity of the doctrine of justification justification by grace through faith. Peter's repentance acknowledged Paul's apostle authority and his own submission to the truth. Second Peter three fifteen through 16. We see this type of behavior every day in the power struck, and those paying tithes want to run the church. But the members don't understand. If the pastor receives his divine direction from the Most High, our Heavenly Father, and not man, it's called getting the big head when the minister turns to the to the people of the church and not following God because they have something that he wants. Another example of this is professional athletes. They come into the game with nothing, and all of a sudden now they have fame and fortune, losing their head and direction. With these cases, one of the three things will happen. One, they'll get back on track 
and continue as they should by repenting that that they have done. Number two, that they will stay out of the realm of return. Number three, they will forgive those who have caused the fall and move on. Peter and the other prophets, apostles, I'm sorry, repented and stayed in the ministry and worked with Paul in their office. We must always want to be popular with God, not man. Man doesn't have a heaven or hell to put us in. Paul calling Peter out is what friends do when we care for someone. If you remember, Paul first went to the leaders of the church in private due to respect for them. He didn't blast Peter showed that he was for the Judaizers when he had agreed with the gospel. Then Paul made him take a stand. You are or you're not. You're in or you aren't. Which one are you going to do? This ends our Bible study. I pray God's word has shed some light on things for you. I'll see you next time, right here, the same time. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Peace Keep God First. And don't forget to check in with God from time to time. 24 hours is free. God heard it all. You can't tell him nothing new. He's waiting for you. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.